Be Christ's Church. Impact the valley. Reach the world. All for the glory of King Jesus. Welcome to the North Roanoke Podcast. Today our student pastor, Ethan Smith, will be opening God's word for us. Our prayer is that you will encounter the living Lord as you hear his word proclaimed. Good evening. If you've got your Bible, then grab it. We will be in John chapter 1 for a few minutes tonight. And as we continue to, to think about the glory of Christ on this Christmas Eve, and as we prepare in a few minutes to partake of the Lord's Supper, I want to I spend a few moments together thinking about what it is that we should see in the story of the birth of Christ. Because I think we're, we're so accustomed at times through our, our familiarity with the birth narrative of Christ that we can often miss the glory. We, we think about our nativity scenes with, with the wise men. We think of the shepherds. We think of some animals being present. We think of Mary and Joseph. We think of Jesus lying in a manger, and that, that's good, that's right. This is the picture that we see in, in Matthew's and Luke's gospel. And we see the, the earthly circumstances of the birth of Christ, and, and we need to see that. There's a reason why this time of year we, we go through those, those stories. But the problem is that we can become so familiar that we miss the, the weightiness of what is taking place. And we need to understand that the birth of Jesus took place in real time and real history. That this isn't a myth. That this isn't a, a once upon a time type deal that we, we go through. That the birth of Jesus, as we've already heard, took place at a certain time, at a certain place, right when a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And we need to understand that. If we're going to have a solid foundation of belief in Christ, then we need those narratives. We need those stories. Matthew and Luke, again, provide those historical details. But it's, it's not the only perspective that we have in the pages of Scripture. And I, I love the Gospel of John because it brings to the forefront the theological nature of what is taking place. In, indeed, the, the entire point of the book of John, he, he tells us this in chapter 20, is to, is to convince us, convince the reader that Jesus really is the Christ, the Son of God. Uh, everything in the book of John is built on that premise. He tells us the same story that we, we read in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but he brings out this eternal perspective, this heavenly perspective. And that's clear even from the very beginning of his gospel. And the magnitude of the event that we celebrate on Christmas is, is not that just another baby is born. It's not a political leader or this great moral master teacher makes his debut on the world scene. Something far greater is taking place. 
why we celebrate is because on that day, a baby is born, and that baby is God in the flesh. So when we, when we look to the manger, when we pass those nativity scenes, we can think that there lies the one who is truly God and truly man. That, that God, the creator of all, has entered time in order to redeem sinners. And we celebrate because on Christmas, the greatest gift was given to us. God gave us the gift of himself, which is our greatest need and is our greatest treasure. It's a, it's a holy day that's set apart to remind us that God is a God who keeps his promises. And for those who are followers of Christ, when we think of Christmas, we, we cannot think primarily of a day off, time spent with family, gifts exchanged. We need to see the glory of God incarnate. And, and my prayer is that over the next few minutes, God will give us a greater, greater sight of his glory as we, we look at his word and then as we partake of the Lord's Supper, remembering Christ's death and resurrection as well as his birth. So John chapter 1, hopefully you are there. We'll look at verses 14 through 18. I'll tell you from the outset, we're not going to have time to dig into it all, but I just want us to, to hear this passage. John writes this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen this glory, His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because He was before me. And from His fullness we have all received Grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So let me pray. And we'll dive in. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to be here on a, on a Saturday night. But it's a day that we're remembering that you came to us. And that we don't celebrate just a holiday, but we celebrate the birth of our Savior. And so, Lord, as we look at this, this passage in a few brief moments, I pray you would grant us, grant me clarity that I might see Christ in a, a brighter, more clear way. Because I, I want to behold his glory. And I, I want these, these brothers and sisters, these these visitors, these guests, to see Christ. I, I want them, just, just like John says, I, I want them to know and understand and believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So Lord, help me, I pray. Speak, Holy Spirit, we're, we're ready to hear. I pray in Christ's name, amen. 
So John begins his gospel with this glorious statement. You can see it in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning. This, this reminiscent language of creation from Genesis chapter 1. And we see the deity of Jesus, that he is God, that this Word was with God and is himself God. And in a few short words, we have the mystery of the Trinity. So much is packed into just so few words. We could, we could spend a lifetime thinking about the Word of God and the Word made flesh and, and still not scratch the surface. But the problem is we often hear phrases like this especially in verse 14, that the Word became flesh. And, and we often, maybe not physically, but we can begin to scratch our heads and just think, well, that, that seems pretty abstract. Like, what in the world is even going on? That seems very far away. In the beginning was the Word. Word was with God. The Word became flesh. Like, what in the world does that mean? How is that relevant for me, for my life at this very moment? And John continues, and I love this because he, he doesn't leave it abstract. He actually continues in the concrete. Do you see that? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he says this, and we have seen His glory. So it's, it's not in the abstract. John's saying, I saw this. Setting forth the glory of Christ is not a mental exercise for John. He's not lecturing on some philosophical idea that you can take or leave. He's telling you what he saw. He saw the glory of Jesus for himself. This this isn't a myth. This isn't a fairy tale. This isn't a fable with with a good moral lesson that we just need to learn in order to be better people. Like John is speaking about what he saw with his own eyes real historical god took on flesh and i'm not ignorant of the fact that there are there are some people here tonight that you're here tonight because you love a family member not because you love jesus there there are some here who who tolerate coming on christmas eve right it's a tradition It's what we've always done. It's what I was brought up to do. Maybe you grew up in this church. Maybe you grew up coming to this service. Maybe it was another church. And you're going to continue to do so because you think it's important, right? It's a tradition after all, but but the story's nice. I enjoy hearing it. It's a good story. It's worth telling. But it doesn't really affect anything. It's kind of like maybe going to, to see a movie. You pay the money, you, you come in, you spend, in case of a movie, hour and a half, two hours, maybe you leave feeling a little bit better, but overall your life hasn't changed one bit. But John, he, here and in the rest of the book, is at pains to let you know that this is not a mere story that you can take or leave. That he's a witness to the glory of Jesus. He was there with him. He's telling you what he saw. 
And his deepest longing is for every single person to see that glory. To believe in Christ and to have, have life in his name, in the name of Christ. He wants them to see the glory of Jesus because the glory of Jesus is the glory of God. It's not just a little glory. He is full of glory. It's, it's overflowing out of him. So I, I want you to understand, this is a true story. And Jesus really was born. He really is God. And John was a witness, and he wants you to see it too, even on a Christmas Eve and night. And there are some of you in this room that, again, I, I know that you've had, a, you've had a really rough year. It seemed like it's just one bad news after another. It never seems to end. You don't know what to believe. Everything's just kind of piling up. You watch TV, the same news story on two different channels seems to be telling two completely different stories. And, and you're, at, you're at a loss. You're at your wit's end. Like, where do I turn? Maybe you just feel exhausted. You're trying to be everything for everyone. You're never quite enough. And if you're, you're honest with that anxious feeling that you never express, but you know as soon as you close your eyes at night that's weighing on you, that you feel stuck and you, you feel hopeless. And I'm thrilled that you're here because Jesus is the answer. That's what John says. You see at verse 14, he is full of grace. That he is ready to welcome you. He's ready to forgive you. Forgive those who truly believe in him. Some of you need to hear that. That you don't have to work to try to earn your place before God. That you being here tonight or Tomorrow morning is not checking a box to try to impress God. That, that we celebrate Christmas because God has done everything in order to show us grace. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You are a sinner that needs a Savior. Merry Christmas. But, but how in the world can this baby... This word made flesh, forgive us. How in the world is that the case? And it's because this baby that we celebrate the birth of grows up. And he grows up and he lives a life of sinlessness and perfect obedience to God that you and I have not done and he goes to the cross willingly bearing the wrath of God on that cross. Not for his own sin, but for our sin. That he bore it for, for sinners, for us. And he dies, and he's buried, and he's raised on the third day, showing that the wrath that you and I deserve has actually been paid. And if he's paid the debt, if he's paid it in full, then what can he show you? He can show you grace. 
what he offers and why we have every reason to celebrate is forgiveness of sins. Adoption into the family of God. True joy, lasting satisfaction. This is the good news that that you genuinely need. That that angst in your heart for, for something more, this is it. This is it. He's full of grace. And and for some of you, it might be the first Christmas without a loved one, or the 20th or 30th, but there's still that that, that hole there that that someone's missing. And it's hard, and you're you're hurting in ways that, that you couldn't express and nobody else knows about. And what I want to I want you to understand is that Jesus is full of grace for you. <laughs> that he is there with you in the midst of that struggle. That he's not going to abandon you. That you can cast your cares on him. And he's not going to cast you out. He was born as God with us. And that has not changed. But for, for the one who, who doesn't know where to turn, doesn't know what to believe... See, in verse 14, Jesus is not only just full of grace, but he's full of truth. Jesus, as God incarnate, is truly God. God is a God of truth. He, He cannot lie. He does not lie. Scripture is very clear on that. That you can take every word he says to the bank. You can believe every single word, that he is not going to lead you astray. Like th- that, that's a rock for your feet that you need. We live in a world that you're, you're oftentimes not sure who to believe, but you can believe Jesus. He is full of truth. And John says, from his fullness, this is 16, from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, that the, the breath we breathe is a gift from God. You understand that? That the presents that await under your tree for tomorrow morning, the meal you're waiting to have after this service is over, the precious time with friends, with family that you're looking forward to, the look on your child's face tomorrow morning, they're gifts from God. They are grace upon grace. It's from the overflow of our loving God. It's from the Word who took on flesh. We, we can't take any of that for granted. And we need to remember the source. And I need to be reminded this of Christmas, especially at Christmas. And all of these wonderful things, we need to push past the object to the source. We need to push past the stuff to God. In the midst of Christmas season... What I don't want for you is for this just to be another holiday, just another year. Our minds need to be fixed on the one whom we celebrate. And I say fixed because I mean fixed. Because oftentimes what, what tends to happen, especially for, for good Christians like all of us, right? We, we kind of nod at Jesus as we go about our Christmas day. We kind of acknowledge him and then get to the stuff we actually care about. But our 
our mind, our heart needs to be fixed on Jesus. My plea for you is that hopefully as you maybe read Matthew 1 or Luke 2 tonight, tomorrow with your your family, that you won't neglect who Jesus really is. And full of grace, full of truth, we see the glory and we won't forget what he has done. We, we cannot forget the cross and the empty tomb. Our salvation was purchased not at a manger, but at the cross. We, we can't forget the end of the story as we love to hear about the beginning. It is with his precious blood that we are set free. We celebrate the birth of Christ because of his death and resurrection. And this Savior whose, whose birth we, we celebrate is crucified. He's risen from the grave and He is alive today at the right hand of God the Father. And he is the reason why we have joy. He is the reason we have hope. He is the one from whom we have received grace upon grace. And He is more satisfying than anything you will get tomorrow. Parents, make sure your children know this. And what you do get, what you don't get, Jesus is better. Adults, don't forget this. That, that Jesus is the treasure. Because we will be satisfied and have joy in all eternity, not because there's stuff there, but because we're with Jesus. And it's no different in this life. So, you have the opportunity tonight. There's, again, I, I know in a, in a room this size, there's people in here that are not followers of Christ. I know it. And you have the opportunity to believe in Him. Myself, Pastor Daniel, would love to have a conversation with you after the service about what it means to believe in Him. And that tomorrow morning you could wake up celebrating Christmas, actually understanding what it's about. And for those who are followers of Christ, we have the opportunity to reflect on the, the death and the resurrection of Christ in the Lord's Supper. So deacons, if you want to make preparations to help serve, as we have the opportunity to, to think about, in this way, the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus, this baby who is the Word become flesh, who is full of grace and truth. And we can see His glory. And we can see it at the manger, and we can see it at the table. And I pray that tonight and into tomorrow, what we would desire and actually see is the glory of Jesus. So let me pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. We have reason to celebrate because of Jesus. There's no reason for us to, to gather together on an incredibly cold evening than because Christ came and he's crucified and he's risen, not for his own sin, but for our sin, and that we have hope, we have life in him. And Lord, I know there's people in here who have questions that they're battling, that they 
They forever have an excuse as to why they don't want to believe in Jesus. They're content with him being a nice story to come to church every now and again. But quite frankly, they, they love their sin more than they love truth. And Lord, what I, I long for them to see is the glory of Jesus. Because I know when they get a sight of the glory of Jesus, then they will believe. And so Lord, I'm praying that through this, this Christmas season that people will come to know you and that you would do an incredible work. Not for our, our glory, but for your glory. And so Lord, I, I pray you would settle our hearts, help us to, to think clearly on the death and resurrection of Christ as we partake of the Lord's Supper. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the North Roanoke podcast. You can connect with us at northroanoke.org or download our app in your device's app store. Just search for North Roanoke. We hope to meet you soon.